0: Today, I want to tell you about the man who lost his self and how I would be afraid if I ever do lose myself, it would happen. And I hope that that will help you as well. It's all under a category that Dallas Willard writes about in Renovation of the Heart that is subtitled simply, Eliminating Performance. And here's what he writes. Performance is where we try to make an impression rather than just be what we are. To perform in this sense is where I try to impress you in a certain way rather than simply allowing you to see me who I am. And we get sucked into this all the time. Sin sucks us into this. Addiction does. It leads to a life of enormous pretending. Trying to succeed at work when we get wrongly attached to it does this. Religion can do this in real deep ways. That's impression. Um, that's performance. The element of performance would be absent in the Trinitarian Gathering. Now, what we're looking at here is the context. Dallas is talking about how uh, the church's job is to try to make apprentices of Jesus and then invite people into being immersed in the Trinitarian presence. And in the Trinitarian fellowship, there is no performance. The element of performance would be absent in the Trinitarian gathering, as would constant solicitude concerning how'd the service go. God is the primary agent in the gathering. The truth is, from the only point of view that matters, God's, it is very likely no human knows how the service went. And in any case, that cannot be judged by reading overt responses of the attendees. Now, obviously, as somebody who has preached for years, I do want to be... Uh, aware of, open to what the response is from people, if the messages that I seek to give are consistently not helpful, then I need to change them or go do something different. However, there are churches where the preoccupation, the obsession with what people think, how'd it go, how do you think I went, how did I do, overwhelms the heart and human well-being, and we simply don't know jim smith who teaches at friends university is a good friend and young colleague of both dallas willards and richard foster talks about early on he was on a trip where richard was speaking someplace and he'd heard the talk before richard was going to go speak in a chapel on a sunday morning and jim said i'm just going to stay home and when richard got back jim asked him as people do after church how would it go how'd the talk go and richard said it was amazing jim said really richard said yes There was an epiphany. There was a manifest appearance of Jesus in the back of the chapel. I could see him there, and he spoke to me. And Jim said, Richard, what did he say? Richard said, he said, Richard, where's Jim? Now, the reality is, Jesus is present at every gather, wherever, gathering, wherever two or three or more are, there I am in the midst of them. He is always there. We never have to worry about that. And when His Word is spoken, when, when thoughts are communicated, and we seek to do that in an honest, open, sincere, helpful way, then we can trust God is going to be at work. But very often it's tempting for me to try to perform, to try to make people think, I am more sincere or more smart or more spiritual or more powerful or more directive or more of a leader or more of a scholar or more of a fill-in-the-blank than I actually am. And then I begin to die. I begin to lose myself. Performance, ironically, is where we try to make an impression about ourselves rather than just be who we are, and we end up losing ourselves. Dallas goes on. The sufficiency of Christ to all is the basis of our efforts in gathering and service. It's not my profundity, it's not the skill of musicians, it's not anything else on a human level. The sufficiency for Christ to all, that's the basis. His, I've been given authority over all things, and look, I'm with you every moment, is our only hope. And by the way, this is true not just for churches. It's true for you at work. It's true for you in your family. It's true for every area of our life. That's why I can live without the weight of the world on my shoulders. The minister um, uh, does not need tricks and techniques, but need only speak Christ's word from Christ's character, standing within the manifest presence of God. Of course, we're talking about a steady course of life, not a momentary inspiration, And for such a life in its leaders, the church languishes. And then this, and this is for us all too. When we gather in our meetings, we do not come to see how the speaker and other leaders do. We are not checking their performance. We come to encounter the Trinitarian presence and to hold them up within it. This is our expectation. And this frees us from the uh, debilitating impact of going through life, trying to perform, which is so exhausting. There were fascinating studies done going back all the way to the 70s by two psychologists, Bob Wicklin and Shelley Duvall, not the actress who played Olive Oil in the Popeye movie. It's a different Shelley Duvall. And they discovered something happens to people. They become different when they become deeply aware of themselves. Even just having a mirror present, makes people more honest in their answers. They will persevere longer when they are trying to solve problems. Uh, Their actions will be more congruent with what their expressed values are. And Wicklund and Duvall talk about this in terms of what they call standards. In other words, somehow uh, when I look at a tree or a table, I can simply be aware it's there in a pretty neutral way. We're not that way with ourselves. There's something about when we become aware, when we see ourselves... There generally is a weight, a value, for better or for worse with it. Gosh, my hair looks bad today, or that's a good color on me, or I think I'm losing weight, or I hate the sound of my voice, or whatever it is. And then we have a way of trying to tailor the way that we look, our performance, what it is that other people will perceive, our words, and our expressions. It gets into our bodies so that we are performing instead of living. So today, no performing. God, would you give me the grace to just live? Here is, I think, in the Bible, the man who lost himself. Fascinating character in the Old Testament, Saul. Not the one who became the Apostle Paul, but King Saul, Israel's first king. And I think we see in him a man who struggled with performance. That language isn't used. We have to ferret it out in his story. But when the prophet Samuel first picks him, we're told that Saul was a very handsome man and stood head and shoulders taller than everybody else in Israel, but he did not apparently see himself that way. When we first meet him, he's on an errand looking for donkeys for his dad. He's ready to give up, and his servant has to come up with the ideas and the strength to keep going. There seems to be a kind of passivity or an ambivalence to his character early on. And when Samuel tells him that he's going to be king, his response is, no, because my tribe is the least of all the tribes, and my clan is the least of all the clans, not me. And then when it's time for the anointing ceremony, when it's time to let all the people know, it's going to be Samuel. Samuel is nowhere to be found. Uh, I mean, um, Saul is nowhere to be found, and Samuel is told Saul is hiding in the baggage. He's in the supply room. And then he begins to exercise his reign as king, and yet there's a kind of anxiety underneath it. Initially, he's told to wait to offer sacrifices for seven days until Samuel gets there. But when Samuel doesn't show up and the people begin to be anxious, Saul disobeys. And it's just anxiety inside him. And then when Samuel confronts him on this, instead of acknowledging it, he comes up with excuses. Then a little later, First Samuel chapter 15, when they're fighting, Saul is told that his people are not to plunder the enemy. But they want to plunder the enemy. And so Saul lets him when Samuel confronts him on this. First he says, well, it wasn't me, it was the people. And then he says, well, I was afraid of the people. Anxiety again. And then he says, uh, yes, Samuel, you are right. But please honor me in front of the elders and the people. In other words, he's working hard to perform, to create an impression before the people. And then we see this dynamic only get deeper when young David comes along and the women are singing the song, Saul has slain his thousands and David his tens of thousands. And that is creating an image that he cannot live with. And so it galls him. And and eventually, we see in Saul, I think, a person who doesn't even really know himself. You know, other kings, Herod, when Jesus was born, was deliberately hypocritical. He, he said to the wise men, tell me where he's born so I can go worship him. He knew he had no intention of worshiping. But with King Saul... Uh, There seems to be this vacillation. He finds out at one point that David could have killed him, because by this time he was trying to kill David, and David didn't do it, just snipped off a piece of his robe. And Saul appears to be mortified and to express sorrow, and yet, uh, when you turn around, he's trying to kill David all over again. And I have the feeling that when his life ended, as it did in a very ignominious way, it was kind of a relief because it's exhausting to perform. So today, no performing, no pretending. I was thinking about this. One of the areas that I'm tempted to pretend is people will ask me, do you know this person? might be somebody in ministry or somebody who said they know me or somebody that used to attend a church where I used to work. And I always find myself um, unwilling to just say a simple no. I'm afraid it will make it look like I didn't get to know people, I don't care about people, or I'm not loving or... Um, I don't. And the reality is just, the reality is what the reality is. So, um, my practice for this season is going to be, if somebody asks me if I know somebody and I don't clearly know them, I'm just going to say, no. What's it to you? I just don't. Dallas Willard used to say in the academic realm, the biggest lie is, yes, I've read that book. Today, as best you can in your conversations with people, in your facial expressions, in your body. No performing. Just the pressure's off. God loves you anyway. No pretending. Just truth. Be who you are. Guard your heart.